This is Dak Prescott, and you're listening to Faith on the Field Show. Welcome to Faith on the Field Show, presented by International Justice Mission. I'm Rob Motti with my beautiful wife, Remy. Great to be with you on all of our radio affiliates across the country. Our guest this week is former NFL first-round pick Marcus Smith II. Marcus has a an incredible story and a journey that he overcame. He lasted in the NFL just a few seasons, was a first-round pick. It didn't go as planned, but Marcus, at one point after he left, he was drafted in the first round by the Eagles, went to Seattle. There was a, a day where he was driving to practice, and he thought about driving his car over a cliff, and he had a call from his wife who was pregnant at the time, and and then uh, he hung up with her, and then his mother-in-law called, and it kind of changed his perspective. He went to practice, and he talked to Seahawks coach Pete Carroll and defensive line coach, and they both kind of immediately told him, hey, football's on a back burner. Let's get you some help. And Marcus got the help that he needed, and now he's just a, a huge mental health advocate and does a lot of work in that space. So it's a, a fascinating story, and I, I, I really applaud the courage that he had in sharing that with me, and he shared it before, too, on other platforms. You and I want to talk a little bit about what's what your plans are, because you never know what your plan when you have plans, you never know what God has in store for you, right? Mm-hmm. And Marcus's plans initially were to be an NFL player, and he got drafted one higher than he thought he would be. Didn't work out. But God had something else in store for him, and he's going at it full force now trying to help other people. And you and I, we've had various plans when we look at faith on the field and, and we look at how we've grown over the past five years and continue to grow. But when you put it in, in God's hands and, and look at what he has in store for you, sometimes if you fully immerse yourself and, and put your trust in him, he's got something bigger for you than we can even imagine. Right. And we, you never know. And sometimes we look at our vision and our plans and we know it's massive, right? Like I know I have uh, a very interesting brain, like it imagines in, <laughs> in a very wild way. So my imagination is crazy. Like it goes very far. And I can imagine things for ourselves and our ministries and our kids that like they're just so huge, right? And sometimes I'm like, um, yeah, this is crazy, but <laughs> I want to believe it, you know? Because Why I not? feel like the imagination is kind of like a TV screen, right? And whatever is playing on there, if you're a believer, God is actually showing you a glimpse of what is to come, what is mm-hmm. reality. Because my imagination and your imagination are very different, and and I'm pretty sure my imagination and like my, uh, you know, my sister or or cousin or whatever, everybody's imagination is different, different you know, because yeah. the, everybody has a TV station in their brain that's <laughs> wild, you know, and and <laughs> but that's how God shows us glimpse of what is to come, mm-hmm. and some people choose to play channels that are just so depressing or so whatever and that's their imagination good for them you know but mine happens to be on a channel that is so positive and so epic you know and I love my imagination because I feel like it's straight from the Holy Spirit and it's straight from God because it's it's positive and it draws you forward and it makes you move forward and it makes you positive in life and I feel like that's part of God's plan for us. His plan for us is not to destroy us. His plan for us is to prosper us and make us uh, walk faithfully with him. And that means it's a positive plan that's full of positive things and not sad things. 
So to me, I, I see the future and I think of it and I'm just like, sometimes I'm like, wow, if this really the future, which I know for sure that God has even more than for me than my imagination, because his imagination is even wilder than my imagination. I go, wow, it is incredible. It's just so incredible to think about it and to think of like, God is so good to me, you know, because he said, and you can read the verse for us, and it's just like First incredible. Corinthians, yeah. yeah. For, is this First Corinthians two nine? Is yes. that is that what first, it is? First Corinthians two nine. And it says, "What no eye has seen, mm-hmm. what no ear has heard, yeah. and what no human mind has conceived, yeah. the things God has prepared for those who love Him." See, to me, is the word pre- the, the key word is prepared, right? Mm-hmm. The key word is prepared. The key word here is that He already has this for you. Right. He mm-hmm. has this prepared. Like when I say I prepared the meal for you, it doesn't mean I'm going to the store and getting ingredients. Right. <laughs> it means I prepared it. I got the ingredients. I cooked it. It is prepared. Right. Mm-hmm. The big difference between like, oh, God has something good for you. No, no, no. He has prepared something good for me. That means he's ready to rock and roll. Like, let's go. <laughs> what is he waiting on? To uh, me, the I question, feel like it's a quiz. Okay, he's no. waiting on us to move. Yeah, to take and, action. And, and to, to, so to me, there's two action things that happen. It has to happen in your brain first. You have to visualize it, mm. right? You have to use that imagination. Visualize it every single day. See your vision very clearly. Write it down because it's also in the Bible says, you know, write your vision, make it a plan. That's in Habakkuk 2.2. One of my favorites. And then... I just love saying Habakkuk. Habakkuk, I know, right? And then go and do it, right? Take an action. What is the action? Sometimes, like, I, I get so stuck and, you know, sometimes we all get stuck in life. Like, what is the next step in this huge grand vision that God prepared for me? Yeah. It could be as simple as get up and get a shower, you know? It's, it, it <laughs> Literally. Literally. It's Saying this to me as I haven't or, showered yet today. Oh, I'm planning I to. I'm, you're good, though. Sometimes good. it's Sometimes it's three a day. Oh, I, I take a lot of showers. Yeah, but anyway, nuts. that's TMI. I got to tell everybody that since I met you and mm-hmm. since we've been married, mm-hmm. you have never, mm-hmm. ever gone to sleep mm-hmm. without a shower. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's commitment. It, it, it is. <laughs> and, and, and the kids are the same way. Yes. And, Absolutely. and I will blame you because sometimes I'll come home from a game <laughs> at three in the morning oh, or two so in the morning and I, I don't want to wake you mm-hmm. up. So I don't take a shower no, 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 no. at two Please in the do. morning. Please I do. want to. I, I want yes. to. I mean, it's a side topic, but f- okay. for real, like you need to take a shower before you go to bed. Everybody, yeah, you just you for your sanity. You're bringing all, all the nasty germs it's from disgusting. outside where you sat, and I mean, at least. But no hate, you know, do you? But yeah. I just like to, to lay down in a fresh, clean, gotcha. you know. I got gotcha. you. But anyway, so we two action plans, right? Imagine it first in your head, and then go out and do something about it. And it could be as simple as taking a step outside, saying hi to a neighbor, taking a shower, going to a grocery store. It has has to require an action there is always a physical action that goes with your imagination to get you to the promised land because nothing works without an action nothing works without without god just speaking to you in your spirit and in your head when you lay down at night before you go to bed i do two things i pray and then i visualize that's two things I do have to, after taking a shower. So <laughs> I do those three things. Take a shower, visualize, and pray. Those are the, the, the three action steps I take every single night. Because it's so important to, for me to walk through what God has for me. 
and I actually say to God, okay, you prepared this for me, then I'm going to do something about it because you got this vision in my heart and therefore I want it. And he has even a better plan than what you have for yourself. That's, that's just so exciting to me. It's so exciting. So when you lay down in bed and you're so sad and you're crying and you can't see a, a way out, I'm telling you right now, that TV that's playing in your head, change the channel. Change lo- the channel. That's lo- all you have to do. You just give me a topic. Change the channel. Yeah, that's, that's change what, the channel. That's what we're going to call this. Well, my action step after we finish this episode is Take I'm going to go to the gym. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm going to go to the gym because oh, okay. uh, I'm, I'm working on, uh, working on it, right? Yes, and you yes. can't get results. Yes. On your body, unless you actually take an action step. There so you go. I'm going to the gym. There I'm moving. You, you get up. You do your workouts at yeah, home. I do. If I wait too long, I don't. I get too busy. So I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go to the gym. The hurricane mm-hmm. that we had that kept us in the house. It really only kept us in the house for like a day and a half. No, oh, well, but I'm so I, thankful for God sparing us. But I'm just praying for the people down in Sanibel Island and Fort Myers. God be with them. Praying for you every single oh, day. Oh gosh, all the destruction and the damage. But yeah. I used it as an opportunity that whole week to just cheat, eat, and I, I gained ten pounds in one week. <laughs> it's kind of like going on a cruise. So <laughs> still, still work, working on that. But yeah. I, I, I love what you said about changing the channel because we can control what we're. One, visually watching, if we are actually watching TV, but what's going on in our minds? What, what we're thinking about, our thoughts, our, our thoughts can manifest into... Oh, not can. It does. They will. And it, yeah. if you're thinking negative, negative, negative all day, talking about negative stuff, you're just going to be miserable. And, and I, I, I'm mm-hmm. like, you. I try to shut that out. I don't want Completely any part of that. I don't want to be yeah. involved in that. I don't want to mm-hmm. hear negativity. I don't watch the news for that reason. I mm-hmm. don't want to see on repeat negative 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 this that and the other i choose to think of what god can do for me mm-hmm. and what he can do for my family and what we can do together if we take that action step what no eye has seen what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived the things god has prepared for those who love him up next you'll hear from marcus smith you're listening to faith on a field show presented by international justice mission Today, over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery. One in four are children. We cannot allow them to suffer in silence. We need you. We need everybody. Go to IJM.org backslash take action, get information, understand how you can be involved. Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free. Hi, this is Remy Mahdi, co-host of Faith on a Field Show. I am so excited to be a part of an amazing team at Weikert Realtors Exclusive Properties in Tampa and the surrounding areas. Real estate has been a passion of mine for several years. I love beautiful homes. I love beach homes. I love new homes. I just love helping you buy your dream home or sell the one you're in. So if you are already in this beautiful sunshine state or if you want to move to fabulous Florida, I'm your girl. Call me at 717-503-4924 or email me at remymadi at gmail.com. That's R-E-M-Y-M-A-A-D-D-I at gmail.com. Hi, this is Rob Motti. You've heard us talk about International Justice Mission and how they are working to protect people from human trafficking and violence. There's a new podcast that gives you a deep dive into IJM's work protecting children from online sexual exploitation. This immersive experience introduces you to Ruby, who was lured into online sexual exploitation when she was only 16 years old. 
Go to IJM.org slash Ruby to journey through her incredible story and learn how you can make protecting children like Ruby your fight too. Welcome back to Faith on a Field Show presented by International Justice Mission. I'm Rob Motti with Remy. If you're listening to us for the first time, you can go to faithonafieldshow.com. Find every episode since we launched in 2017. We've had an awesome lineup of guests. You can listen anytime at your convenience on any of the podcast platforms. You'll hear the full interviews on there. Be sure also to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Faith on a Field and tell a friend or two about the show. I want to take a minute to thank all of our wonderful sponsors, International Justice Mission and Heritage's Dairy Stores. If you would like to be a sponsor for our show and help our ministry grow, please reach out to us at faithonafieldshow.com. Our guest this week, Marcus Smith II, was a first-round pick, 26th overall in 2014 by the Philadelphia Eagles and Chip Kelly. He played five seasons in the NFL. He overcame a ton of adversity. He's a big mental health advocate who does a lot of work in that space. Here's our conversation. Marcus, thank you for joining me. Uh, as I was saying to you before we even got started, I, I covered you in Philly. And take me back to that time, because when you were drafted in the first round, it, that was still the Chip Kelly era. What was that experience like for you? I, I know there were a lot of high expectations, a lot of pressure. Did you anticipate even going in the first round at that that year? I think I think for me at the time, I think I was anticipating maybe uh, second round. I, I thought that I could pro- possibly go first round. Uh, I, I actually, as the draft went, a lot of pass rushers went off the board. I, I think Jadavion Clowney, Khalil Mack, uh, D4, a lot of these guys kind of like went off the board. So that kind of moved me up in the process. And once I got drafted, it was it was an ama- amazing experience. But also, it was a culture shock for me, too, at the same time, because I know that the fans, they're they're passionate and they, you know, they want you to to do really well right now. And I just think where I was at the point in time, I was just trying to take it all in and continue to try to get better as a outside linebacker slash defensive lineman. But I will will say it was definitely a culture shock coming into uh Philadelphia. What was it like to play for a guy like Chip? Because he ran a, an entirely different kind of operation than a lot of coaches in the NFL. And he had some success in Philly and, and now ended up back in college football. Man, I think coming into it, coming from college, it was kind of a, a hard, harder like transition being that he ran the, the spread and it was uh, no huddle. So it was, it was hard at times, but at the same time, uh, it, it got me heavily in, in shape. I think we were in shape at, at, as a team, actually. And I think playing in the systems, especially playing in a defense, it, it got us ready for the games in a sense of we, we weren't really tired in the games. I, I think we were, we were very uh, in shape in, in that matter. But playing in his system was actually not uh, as bad as people would actually say. Um, but I just think he had a different uh, way that he ran things uh, – because he was more so a military, uh, uh, military mindset when it came to um, football because he wanted us to be sound. He wanted us to be on point with everything that we were doing. And that's kind of like how the military is. And, uh, and I think he was more of that mindset rather than uh, the football mindset. Now, you were there also for the first year of Doug Peterson in training camp, part of training camp, the year they go on to win the Super Bowl. Could you tell Marcus that there was something special building there that this 
was a, a potential Super Bowl team and that Doug Peterson would actually be the coach to lead them there? Yeah, man. Doug Peterson, man, Peterson is is first first and foremost a man of faith. And him coming into the building, uh, he just had this this aura about him that was just, you know, he was a player's coach. He kind of – people said they remind him of uh, Andy Reid, and I've never got to play under Andy Reid, but people would say that a lot of the time. And, yes, I could definitely see that, especially with the guys that were in the locker room, Trey Burton and Carson Wentz and BG and Fletcher, all of these guys, we we kind of been around each other for two and three years. So it was inevitable for us to continue to grow the relationship. And then also, you know, we were, you know, doing – uh, Bible study classes with each other, just, you know, going on outings and doing stuff with each other. And I just think over time you start to, to, to bring that, that camaraderie and all the things that coach Peterson brought like on the football field too well, the mind that he had. Um, I just think that it was, it was just destined for them to, to win the Super Bowl that year, even though I wasn't a part of it, I was so, you know, happy for them. And uh, it was it was just something great to see in that moment. I think being being there at the beginning, I definitely could see that they had something special for sure. Yeah, that's a camaraderie that I've covered the Eagles before moving to Florida for 22 years. And I think that team, I've never seen anything a closer knit unit and they were able to overcome so much adversity. Did you stay in touch with the guys, even though you had, you left, right? You were gone. You were in Seattle that year, but then later in the season, you see all the injuries. Carson goes down. All these guys go down. They still go on to win the Super Bowl. Did, were there any relationships that you had that guys that you stayed in touch with? Yeah, most definitely. I always stayed in touch with uh, Brandon Graham as well. Uh, that's like a big brother to me. Uh, he definitely took me under his wing. Him and Trent Cole took me under their wing when I got there. And uh, I stayed in touch with them. I wanted to make sure to tell them, you know, that uh, good luck. And, you know, I hope they do win and and pull this thing out because, you know, before everybody was kind of like saying that they might not have won. They were kind of like picking the Patriots to win. But I was all for the Eagles at the at the time. And and I I definitely was able to uh, still talk to to Brandon Graham and kind of get his feedback on on what. Uh, you know, how the season was going. Marcus, as you go to Seattle, a lot transpired in your life that year when you were there. And this being September and National Suicide Prevention Month, I know that you there was a moment, there was a period in time and that you thought about that, that you almost went through that experience. And you detailed it a couple of years ago in, in the Players' Tribune article just for those watching and listening, can you tell us a little bit about what you went through and, and that moment and how you got through it? Man, so yeah, uh, I'll start with, you know, how my career was going with the Eagles. Um, like I started like the first year, didn't play that much. The second year I kept in and out of injury. And then my third year, I finally uh, got to play. But even through those times, man, it was very hard to deal with my anxiety and my depression. I never really talked about some of the stuff that I was I was dealing with because, you know, obviously playing the sport that we play is a very barbaric sport. And you don't want someone to think that you're weak. You don't want uh, someone upstairs to think that you're mentally not tough enough to kind of like go through this because we know that all all of us as, as NFL players, we have to go through this at some point. And once I got to, to Seattle, I was actually, I had just signed a, a one-year deal with them 
uh, the following year. I had an okay season in uh, my fourth year. I think it was in 2017. And I actually, 2017, I tried to quit before the season that year when I when I first left Philly. And because I knew I was going through something, but I just didn't know what it was. I didn't know that it was actually anxiety and I didn't know that I got depressed from it. And so after after that, uh, I actually signed a deal with them, a one year deal to it was kind of like a prove it deal to basically say, hey, like if you do really well, we'll, we'll extend you or, um, you know, I will get traded to another team. And so that that year, man, in camp. Uh, I was going through the same things and I started to get even more depressed um, as time went on, even though it seemed like everything was going good on the football side. It was just something there that I hadn't addressed and I didn't know what it was. And so one 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 day uh, I actually got up. Um, Wife was sitting right there next to me. Um, I was dealing with the same. I had just had a panic attack uh, the night before an anxiety attack, as they would say. And, man, I, I started to get in my car and drive, man. And um, I definitely uh, – it was twice that I tried to commit the act, but my wife and my mother-in-law actually stopped me from doing that because of their phone call. And it kind of, like, scared me and, and jerked me back um, from what I was trying to do. I was in the car. And, you know, after that moment, I was at the bottom of the hill after that moment. And that's when I realized that – you know, my mental health was the most important. End up going to Pete Carroll and my coach, uh, Clint Hurt, and told him, hey, man, I, I got to take some time away because, you know, my mental health is more important. And, and, and you know, I, I got so far to the point where I didn't know that I was actually in that act and I was doing that. It didn't, I didn't realize until, you know, I got to the bottom of the hill and then I was safe. And so that was just my experience through that. And now um, just being able to do – therapy and actually helping myself get out of that dark place. How much did Pete Carroll help and support you and, and make you realize like football is not about football anymore, right? That's not the most important thing. Take the time you need and take care of you. Man, he supported me in every way possible. He actually helped me get the therapist, helped me find someone to talk to, um, actually let me know that, you know, everything was going to be fine you just get the help that you need and you you would be able to come back and, and play and but at the time uh, I really it was in August so it took me at least six to seven months to kind of like go through all the things in the past that that I had never addressed and it was because of him and coach Hurt that I was that I was able to do that and, and if it wasn't for them I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done what I was doing. I probably wouldn't have wouldn't be here today. So I, I really appreciate them taking the time out, sit down with me and actually go over a plan to help me execute, you know, what I need to for my mental state. Wow, that's powerful, Marcus. I know you alluded to a little bit earlier the fan base in Philadelphia and, and their expectations. It's a passionate fan base, man. I, I remember I grew up in Philly. I used to sit in the 700 level way back at the vet. So I, I know what that fan base is like. And there's a former first round pick Jalen Rieger, who they just traded to Minnesota, who I kind of felt in talking to Jalen a few times that the expectations and the pressure may have, have, have got to him. And, and I'm not sure where he is mentally. And, and I hope that, if, if it's affected him, that he gets some help. 
Uh, did you follow him at all? Do you know him at all? And, and can you kind of sympathize with what you went through as a first round pick in Philly and what he went through as a first round pick in Philly, especially because he went a pick ahead of Justin Jefferson, who goes to Minnesota and, and is like all pro and pro bowler and doing great. Man, I, I do keep up with him. And when I when I seen that, I kind of looked at it as, man, maybe he is going through some something similar as as I went through. And I would love the opportunity to be able to chat with them, talk with them to kind of like help them through that process. But at the at the same time, it, it can it can be definitely a lot uh, when you don't really expect or haven't seen that, you know, coming from your college. And because at the end of the day, you want to be great at what you what you do. And sometimes we handicap ourselves because we don't want to mess up. We don't want to uh, make a mistake and, you know, get our coaches upset with us, get the fans upset with us. And then we're kind of like a vegetable out there, if you will. And we, we feel like we're not doing what we're supposed to do. And we start to believe that we start to believe we're we're not good and we're not. Uh, the the player that they drafted, you know, because I would have, it would be sometimes I'd be like, look at myself on film, like, why am I doing this? Or like, why am I, why am I playing like this when I know that I could, I could play better, but something was hindering me from doing that. But if I would have had the people around me to say, Hey, man, maybe I should go to therapy, you know, or maybe I should go talk to someone to kind of like sift through these emotions. I may, may have been better off. So maybe that's something that he can, actually do to help further his career because that's all I want for guys I, I just want them to to be able to if, if someone is calling you a bus or if you're feeling a certain way and you're feeling like you're not playing up to your potential and you want to know why maybe it is time to go talk to someone so you could do the things that you actually want to do Marcus you mentioned how sometimes and, and I think this was like a mentality years ago where players feel like you're playing in the NFL, you got to suck it up. You got to man up terms like that, that they use, but now more guys and, and here you are speaking out. And I've talked to different players, whether it's Malcolm Jenkins, Brandon Marshall, different players who talked about going through mental health issues and crisis. Do you feel we're at the point now where that stigma is no longer there? I mean, Brian Dawkins, hall of famer, he talked about it. He almost went through the same things. Do you feel like that's in the past and now more guys are more open to getting the help that they need? I definitely think we're moving in the right direction with guys actually opening up and going to get the help. I just want to, to make sure that, you know, it's not too late. That's why we have to continue to, to speak about it because it's guys in the NFL now that I've talked to, um, that I've talked to even when I was going through what I was going through that, they never said anything, but they're still playing at this high caliber. And what I always say is that, you know, football is our some for some people is their place of peace. And when they get done playing that same thing that they were dealing with, they're going to have to address at some point. And sometimes it's hard to address that, you know, at the end of the rope rather than addressing it while you're while you're in it. And I understand, like, Brian uh, Dawkins, like, I got an opportunity to talk to him when I was in Philly, man, awesome guy. And I know a lot of guys, that's that's what I, that's why I do what I do, because all of us are kind of like the same, even though we have different stats and we're, you know, pro. some people are pro bowlers, some people, you know, are not pro bowlers, but we, we are the same because we go through the same, same stuff, no matter if you, if you have good plays or not. Marcus, I know you do a podcast now. So how can people uh, 
follow you, listen to you, hear what you're talking, because it's something that you, you want to keep letting, letting the fans, letting players, everyone out there uh, to know about mental health and how they can help themselves get better. Yeah, so my, my podcast is called The Circle of M, and which is it's, it's a foundation where we unmask the feelings that cause anxiety and depression and some of these other mental health issues. And what we do, we just bring different athletes on, different entertainers onto the show to talk about their different mental health experiences, life experiences, and, and how they got through them. So you could go to the Circle of M uh, on thecircleofm.com and you could just watch you know, all of the, the the different podcasts of different people that we had on the show. We we also had one of you guys' you know, fan favorites, Brandon Graham. I had him on the show that he he talked a little bit about what he dealt with coming into Philly and how he overcame those things. And you know, look at him now. He's a thirteen year veteran and he's doing really well. So um that's you know what we kind of try to do. We we don't want this this dark picture around mental health where Ah, like, you know, it's, it seems like, you know, it's just a bad side of mental health. No, it's it's just a journey that we continue to go on and you can get and overcome your mental health. It's, it's something it's, it's flowers on the end of that. And so I just want people to see that, that it's 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 important to take care of your mental health now as you are continuing to grow and to get better as a player. Last thing for you, Marcus, is a man of faith, a brother in Christ. I, I know what that means to you. And we, we talked a little bit about the Eagles team in 2017 and what that brotherhood, that camaraderie, that Christian brotherhood that they had, what has your faith meant to you in this journey? How has it helped you through anxiety, depression, and suicidal thoughts? Man, I would always say faith without works is dead. And I know being a, being a Christian, um, that's one of the things that I always tell myself because God, he always puts people in front of you to be able to give you the help that you need. He, he always is there, you know, and, and, and my faith has been very important um, in, in this journey. It's just, it's been crazy because it was a lot of times where I thought someone wasn't there, but God was there the whole time. He placed the people in the right place. So I wouldn't do what I, you know, wanted to do as, as far as killing myself and, and not being here on this earth. So being a Christian and, and having my faith. Now I know uh, what my purpose is and how I can continue to move this forward because I know that, you know, athletes are going to need me and I, and I'm going to actually go back to school and get my, my therapist license too to, to be able to combat some of these mental health issues, to be able to help the athletes when they're, you know, going through some of the, going through some of the things that they're going through. Marcus, man, I appreciate you. I wish you a ton of blessings and thank you for sharing your journey. Man, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. That's it for this week. Thank you to Marcus Smith II. Thank you to Doug, Pastor Scott, and everyone on our team. And thank you for listening to Faith on a Field Show presented by International Justice Mission. For Remy, I'm Rob Motti reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing. Today, over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery. One in four are children. We cannot allow them to suffer in silence. We need you. We need everybody. Go to IJM.org backslash take action. Get information. Understand how you can be involved. Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free. 
Hi, this is Remy Mari, co-host of Faith on a Field Show. I am so excited to be a part of an amazing team at Weikert Realtors Exclusive Properties in Tampa and the surrounding areas. Real estate has been a passion of mine for several years. I love beautiful homes. I love beach homes. I love new homes. I just love helping you buy your dream home or sell the one you're in. So if you are already in this beautiful sunshine state or if you want to move to fabulous Florida, I'm your girl. Call me at 717-503-4924 or email me at remymadi at gmail.com. That's R-E-M-Y-M-A-A-D-D-I at gmail.com. Hi, this is Rob Madi. I'm listening to a powerful podcast about Ruby, a girl from the Philippines who was trafficked into slavery when she was 16 years old. The podcast takes you deep into Ruby's story, not only how she was tricked, but also how she was rescued and is now advocating for others trapped in this form of slavery. Check it out at IJM.org slash Ruby. You'll be blown away by Ruby's resilience and the incredible work of those who rescued her.